morning. Good morning, it's Pastor Jen. This is Thursday Connect Online. And I am so excited for you to join me today. Welcome, buongiorno. You can see the sunshine is shining in in my office. And uh, God is gonna do some amazing things today in our Thursday Connect. And so um, as you jump on, let me know that you're there. I want you to know this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So um, good morning, Boriana. Thank you for joining. I hope that you have had time to have a tea or a coffee. I made my cappuccino this morning and then I grabbed it and drank it on the way out the door. So I'm having a hot tea. Uh, hi, Helen. Hi, Boriana. Happy to see you. So excited for what God is going to do in um, our Thursday Connect. So I'm waiting for a few more and I am opening a sewing class. <laughs> Good. Uh, so let me, uh, let me just see who else. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, I don't know if it's cold where you are, but it's sunny and nice here. Good morning, Barb. Buongiorno tutti. Good morning, everyone. Good day, everyone. It's a good day to be studying God's Word, to be on Thursday Connect. And I'm so excited and humbled for literally hundreds of people that are joining us in our book study on Isaiah. Some don't always get to join live in the chat, but they come back later. And so if you're watching now or you're watching later, and you want to raise your hands and say God is good or amen to something you hear, I want you to do that. I'm excited to study, continue our study. We don't have much longer, a couple more chapters. We are going to start today on page 138. And just to kind of let you know, uh, we have, we will go to page 190. So, um, Next week, we will start chapter 10. Today, we are finishing chapter 9, and there are 13 chapters. So, we're going to start chapter, finish chapter 10 today. Uh, no, finish chapter 9 today. Next week, we will uh, do chapter 10, then 11, 12, and 13. So, I would imagine we'll be done by the end of April. And uh, then we're going to, I've got some creative ideas for some things we'll do. And uh, then we'll do another short study together for like four weeks. And then we'll give everybody a break. And um, so I'm excited for what God is doing. Amen. What are you excited for today or this weekend? Will you type that in the chat? What are you excited for today or this weekend? So don't leave me alone and hanging here. Hi, Esther. I figured, uh, Lisa, I thought you were in Michigan in the dark, <laughs> like Barb. Uh, do you guys have snow in Michigan? Is there snow? Um, we don't have any snow in Rome. Hallelujah. We have sunshine. In fact, I have like three-quarter sleeves on today, so I don't even have to wear a coat. Yes. <laughs> what are you excited about? Spring is in the air. Hallelujah. That's so fun. I love it. You know, I lived in Michigan for probably 30 years at least. And uh, I feel like that's where I grew up to become a, a woman. And uh, I love the four seasons. I love uh, after that long, cold winter, the spring is in the air. It starts to happen. 
and then um, the snow is melting and the gray is going away. You're getting more days of sunshine. You can see the little buds. Here in Rome, spring is like almost in full bloom. It's really amazing. The trees are having these little soft pink rosebuds all around. It's so beautiful. It's Helen's birthday month. It's my daughter Erica's birthday month. Uh, Helen, when is your birthday? My daughter's birthday is March 29th, and uh, she's getting older. I think this is the first time she hasn't notified me it's her birthday month on March 1. <laughs> ah, yes, we're waiting to hear the birds chirp. I'm hearing the birds chirp a lot here in Rome. So we thank God for all the flowers that are blooming and the little green daffodils and that. Their leaves are coming up out of the ground. and um, Spring is on the way. It's a new season. It is a new season. You need to type that in the chat. It is a new season. March 9th. My mother's birthday was actually March 8th. So March 9th is a great day to have a birthday, Helen. <laughs> Barb, you're going to be 70 on March 12th. Congratulations to all the March birthdays. Oh, Barb, I'm so excited for you. You, look, you don't look a day over 40. You are amazing. And Barb has been my friend for many, many years. And uh, I love, I love that God has given us a new season. Barb, he's given you a new decade. Helen, he's given you a new year. And it's going to be a year of great growth and wonderful things. Amen. It's a new season. It may look different, but that's okay because God always has new and exciting adventures ahead for us. And if you remember my book I wrote for my grandkids, I have the phrase, because adventures together make the best days ever. And so I want you to remember that. You're not doing life alone. God is amazing. You are amazing. And uh, Barb, we will celebrate with you. Please don't let me forget that next week. Helen, make a note for me to put that in my calendar. Barb is turning 70. Amen. That's exciting. It's exciting. Don't worry. You don't look it at all. <laughs> I know for me, I feel Sometimes I'm getting older, but I just am excited for what God is doing. So thank you all for joining this morning. I want to remind you that last week we did uh, start this chapter, chapter 9. It's called How Great Thou Art. And we learned that God is greater still. Do you remember that? So maybe you might want to type in the chat, God is greater still than any circumstance that we will face. He's greater than the unknowns. He's greater. And so this is what we learned. God is greater than the circumstances behind us. He is greater than the circumstances before us. And he is greater than the circumstances within us. And so it doesn't matter what's around, what's behind, what's ahead. God is greater still. And uh, we declared that in the chat last week, and it was very powerful. God is greater than our fears. And we talked about that, and we talked about Romans 9. And so today, um, I wanted to just give you that quick recap. We're going to start on page 138. Uh, but, you know, our theme for this year is ready. And I'm ready, God, for whatever you have for us. And that doesn't necessarily mean that... Every day is going to be victorious, but it means that if I'm fully prepared in the study and the knowledge of his word, I will be ready. And so um, that's a promise and a declaration that we make over our lives. And we learned last week on page 136 that when God forgives and restores, he says that we're his witnesses. And he wants you to forget the failure of the past, 
witness for him in the present and claim his promise for the future. He forgets, not just forgives, but forgets the failures of the past. And he wants us to do that. And he wants us to witness in the present and he wants us to claim our promise for the future. And so today we're going to start on point number three in our book. And it's called, I think you can see it there, um, God is Greater Than Our Enemies. And so I am going to read Isaiah 44, 6 through 8. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, as we start with God is Greater Than Our Enemies. So, Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, here's what the scripture says. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and yet what is yet to come. Let him foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. God is greater than our enemies. Sometimes when you think about enemies, I'm curious if you'll answer with me and let this be a group discussion. Imagine us sitting around the room together um, and that's coming back. We're going we're gonna to be able to do that soon as well. But um, what are enemies? I didn't say who. I said, what are enemies? What are the enemies that you face? What are some of the enemies that you face? I'll let you answer that. What are enemies? Worry. Thank you, Barb. Yes. And the Lord speaks very specifically. We talked about that last night on our prayer chat. It said, do not be anxious for anything. Yes, Helen, the roadblocks of life tend to get, they become an enemy to our victory. Amen. What else is an enemy? I think sickness is an enemy. <laughs> sickness is an enemy. It's not of God. Yes, he works all things for our good, but, uh, it's an enemy. I don't like it. Doubt. Yeah. Insecurity. The enemy wants you to feel insecure and less than valuable than someone else. Anxiety. Yes. So if we know that God is greater still and God is greater than our enemies, then when a person somehow steps on that trigger that makes us feel like they're the enemy, we should ask ourselves, wait a minute, what is this trigger? Is this something that's making me doubt? Is this something that's making me have anxiety? Is this something that makes me worry about the unknown with what this person is telling me? And then that person is not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy of our soul. And God came and said, is there anyone greater? Isaiah 44, this is what the Lord says. I am the first, I am the last. And apart from me, there is no God. Yes, Lisa, questioning God's timing. We have to rest in his, in his process. 
rest in his process. And he said in verse eight, don't tremble, don't be afraid. I'm in charge, that's what God is saying. I am the Lord and there is no one else. And he says this several times in the book of Isaiah. So when we read the book of Isaiah and we think about the fact, I say it every week, but I want it to get into your spirit. The book of Isaiah was written before the birth of Christ. The prophecies and the promises that Isaiah wrote about, we see them fulfilled and, and restated again in the New Testament. And we see some of them that came true in the New Testament and even beyond, like the fact that Cyrus was one of those people that Isaiah prophesied about, and he wasn't even born yet. So if we can understand God's process, then we will understand that he is in charge and the word of God written in before Christ was even born, inspired by the Holy Scriptures, inspired by the Holy Spirit, then, hi Michael, then we can see also that um, what God has promised he will fulfill. We must also see, as we've talked about in our book study from Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby, See if I can show it to you this way. Yep, by Warren Wearsby. It's an excellent, he wrote this book study of Isaiah in the 1990s. And many things that he talks about then, we're experiencing in 2021. And today I was thinking about, Lord, if you don't come back in the next couple years, and he could come any day, Jesus is coming back. We're gonna be ready for the trumpet this month. But if he doesn't come back, there's some things I was thinking about for various different reasons in 2036. I never thought I would live to see 2020, but to imagine I would be in a year 2030. So what am I doing to be ready? I am studying the Holy Scripture that is relevant, whether I was before the birth of Christ, after the birth of Christ, before he comes back again in the 1990s, in the 2020s, in the 2030s. God is faithful in the process, but I need to understand the enemy and what his situation is. So it says that God is greater than our enemies. And so that's why I said, I think we need to understand who the enemy is, who is the enemy, the devil. The one who was thrown out of heaven because he thought he could act like God, he could question God, he could make his own rules, and he and all his little angels that were trying to create turmoil in heaven, there they were. They got booted out of heaven and God commissioned them to the lake of fire. And so now the enemy seeks around like a, like a cunning snake, a roaring lion trying to devour us, and he uses situations. He uses circumstances. He finds our weaknesses. This is why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important because the power of the Holy Spirit equips you to navigate life. Yes, being saved and inviting Jesus in is important, but if I understand the spiritual warfare, and we talked about warfare prayer last night, you should go and re-watch Wednesday prayer um, later on this evening before you go to bed or something because we went over some scriptures that were very powerful. The Lord is powerful. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, powerful to defeat the enemies. So if I understand that, then I will know what God is saying. I wanted to read to you my commentary from Isaiah 44:28 in my Life Application Study Bible. 
Again, we're on uh, page 138 and 139 if you're following along in the book. It says that Isaiah, who prophesied from 740 to 681 BC, called Cyrus, that was the servant, by name almost 150 years before he ruled. Later, historians said that Cyrus, listen to this, Cyrus read the prophecy that Isaiah wrote about him and he was so moved that he carried out the prophecy. Isaiah also predicted that Jerusalem would fall more than 100 years before it happened and that the temple would be rebuilt 200 years before it happened. It's clear these prophecies came from God who knows the future. So if this is true, that the Bible is God's holy inspired word, so much so that it's evident that Isaiah could talk about Cyrus being a ruler 150 years before it happened, and then Cyrus read the prophecy and believed it and was so moved by it that he wanted to make sure he carried out what was spoken over his life. So today, I want you, this is why I started with what is the enemy, not who. Remember that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. That's why we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit in our prayer language is so important because we're yielding every aspect of our being, even our prayer life, to the Holy Spirit. So I don't have to know. I don't have to pray in English or in my learned language. I can pray in the language of heaven because I need to defeat the enemy from the halls of heaven, not from the pathways of earth. Amen? My enemy is defeated in the throne room of God Almighty. As I enter into the courts with praise and I enter into his gates with thanksgiving and I speak his name and I bless his name, the enemy is defeated. And so we must decree and declare life out of our tongue, life. So, you know, the Lord has been speaking to me when I say I'm afraid that that's wrong that he's already promised to be with me. I don't need to be afraid. That when I think about, well, Lord, I feel like you've, you're showing me something and I need to pray about this. It's not so that I'll have fear. It's so that I'll have confidence that God has used me as an intercessor and it's actually turning the lane for someone I'm praying for. I'm turning their vehicle when I pray. And so when we speak life over ourselves and over our children and over our grandchildren, we must come to God and say, Lord, help me to speak life. Yes, we speak truth. We speak guidance, but we do it with love. We do it with mercy. I've said it to many of my friends this week. The Lord spoke to me in 2 John chapter 1. It says, to the lady and her children. This could be, and we know in scripture, you can put your name in there. It could be to the man, could be to the father, could be to the father and his children. But for me, reading it as a lady, to the lady and her children, he was saying grace, mercy, peace, and love. So as we look at these enemies and we see that Isaiah was prophesying over Cyrus before it happened, and then it happened, we can believe the word of God is true. That is a powerful lesson from the book of Isaiah. Okay, so the conqueror is described as prophets and priests and kings were anointed for service. So Cyrus was anointed by God to perform a special service for Israel's sake. In this case, Cyrus was the anointed one. God called him by name over a century before he was born. Cyrus was the human instrument 
for the conquest, but Jehovah gave the victory. So God used a man, but Jehovah gave the victory. Listen to this. Think about this. Anyone who opposed Cyrus was arguing with God, and that was like the clay telling the potter or the child telling the parents, God had raised up Cyrus to do his specific will. And we see this in 45.1, the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue nations, to strip kings of their armor, to open doors, I will go before you. So, so God, the word of the Lord was coming for this ruler. Nothing would prevent him from succeeding, but the emphasis was on salvation. The idols could not save Babylon, but God, the savior of Israel, would save them. He is a just God and a savior, and he offers salvation to the whole world. In 45, verse 22, it says, turn to me. Isaiah 45, verse 22, turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in integrity, a word that will not be revoked before me. This is God talking through his servant Isaiah. Before me, every knee will bow, Isaiah 45, verse 23. And every tongue confess, they will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. All who have raged against him will come to shame, but the Lord, in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel will be found righteous. So when we look at Isaiah chapter 45, we realize that God was making a decree and he was describing who the conqueror would be and that anyone who opposed this Cyrus would actually be arguing with God because God had set something in motion. And you know, the Lord spoke to me when I read that. And I was thinking about there are people that don't seem like they're good people or the right people, but if God has positioned different people into different places at different times and he is making a master plan, who am I, the clay on the potter's wheel, to say that one needs to go or that one needs to go? What I need to do is say, God, if you put some of these people in power, the rulers and the, and the people that rule, then it's my job to pray for them to obey the authority of the land and to pray for them because God was making a decree. And then the fact that Cyrus heard that, can you imagine? We have young people right now, we have children who are learning to be ready to serve. And what if we said to them, you're naughty, you're bad, you can't do it, you're, you're a liar, you're this, you're that. What we need to do is speak life to them and say, you know, there's an anointing of God on your life. He is going to position you for a place of influence and favor. You are going to be one of the people who God uses and flows through, just like he flowed through Isaiah, like he flowed through David, like he flowed through Daniel, like he flowed through Ruth, like he flowed through Mary, like he flowed through Esther. The word of God is true and real. And so we must speak life and pray for those who rule. But the emphasis is not on the ruler. The emphasis is on God bringing the salvation and God bringing the victory. That's kind of a good thing for us to know, right? It's not about the thing, the person. It's about what is happening in the heavenly realm.
And then he talks about in Isaiah 46, verses 1 through 13, how Baal, the false gods, would be disgraced. I want to read um, Isaiah 46, verse 3 and 4. Isaiah 46, verse 3 and 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived, and I have carried you since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, Barb, we're covering up our gray hairs. I am he, and I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, I will carry you, I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. So he's talking about these idols were there, these false idols were going to be disgraced. But then he says, listen to me. I've held you since you were conceived. From the moment you were in your mother's womb, you might have thought that God forgot about you. From the moment you were conceived, God's purpose and plan was beginning to unfold in your life. And he is reminding us that I have carried you since your birth. Somebody who wants to agree with me, type in the chat. He carried me. He carried me. He carried me when I lost my mother to a drunk driver at 15 years old. He carried me when I was able to go to college a year early because I did not quit on life even though I had suffered tra tragedy. He carried me when I myself had a broken neck and couldn't lift my arm or take care of my children for four months and then he healed me. He carried me. He carried me. He carried me when the doctor came out and said, your husband's gonna die or never speak again and I don't know what to do. And that had never happened in this very strong, almost arrogant doctor who had met with us several times. He had never, his nurses told me, never aborted a surgery. God was carrying my husband through that time. And we know the rest of the story. God healed my husband, Pastor Rick. He carries you. He carries me. He carries us. The false gods, those false idols of fame and fortune and wealth will be defeated and he will carry us and make us know that he is strong. I want us also to look at Psalm 139. I want to say something to you about God's purposes and God's plans, though. Um, if you're waiting for the process to feel like you're now in the purpose, don't do that. Your purpose, God's purpose, started in the womb. He said, when you were in the womb, from the moment you were in the womb, I've carried you. I will sustain you. I will rescue you. So think about it. While you were in your mother's womb, the, the will of God was being performed. So the minute you were born, your purpose started. If you think your purpose hasn't started yet, that's not true. That's a lie. That's a false God talking to you. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, your purpose started on the day of birth. So we've got some March birthdays. God's got new purposes and new seasons, but your purpose is in motion right now. Somebody needs to write that down. Your purpose is in motion right now. You don't have to wait for an answer. Your purpose is in motion right now. So, it's comforting to know that God cares for us even before we were born and every moment in between from death to life, even when we get old. I love that. 
that in our old age, we have purpose. I have shared with many about my grandmother who went to be with the Lord at 102 years old. And I watched her purpose in motion, literally in every decade when she was 70 and she could no longer really drive again because she got macular degeneration in her eyes. Um, when her hearing began to fail and she could no longer always hear and teach a class because she couldn't hear people. And her classes had like three and 400 people in them at her church where she was a pastor on staff. Um, she was a leader of pastors in her young ministry years up to about 65 and, um, and then on staff after that. When she was 80 and she couldn't go into the church office anymore because it was too dangerous as her and her husband were driving. When she was 90 and she couldn't go out as much anymore because her health was susceptible, but she had people come in and she would have prayer meetings. Your purpose is in motion right now. That is a right now word for all of us. So let's look at what it says when we are comforted by the fact that we know the enemies that would try to sabotage and stop us from pursuing our purpose. Psalm 139 says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. This knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in despair, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, I did that. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I can witness to that. Many of us have crossed the seas to be here in Italy, to be where we are. Um, we've crossed through the, the heights and the lows. Wherever we are, his right hand guides us. I will, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night, even the darkness is not dark to God. That's in the Bible. Psalm 139 12, even the darkness is not dark to God, for the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days, Somebody type in all the days. This is where we interact together. All the days, all the days have been ordained for me and written in your book, even before one of them came to pass. That was Psalm 139 verses one through 16. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I am awake, I am still with you. He goes on to say in verse 23, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. And if there's anything in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Finney, I'm so happy to see you from India. It's wonderful to have you join us all the days, 
all the days. Thank you, Finney. We're glad that, that we could join you. We're studying the book of Isaiah. And we're studying right now, we're in, we're in Isaiah um, 46. And even though we're still got a ways to go in the book of Isaiah, we've got about four more chapters in our book, Be Comforted. And you can email me if you want the notes for next week as well. So we praise God for that. Um, I want us to also see that God is saying that the city is destroyed. Babylon was this proud queen who becomes a humble slave. I will continue forever, she boasted in verse 7 of chapter 47. But in a moment, the judgments for her sins caught up with her and she became a widow. Neither her idols nor her practices were happening. So uh, I want to ask you, you guys help me if you will. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Let's, let's uh, answer in the chat about the Bible study right now. Okay, you can write me a private message and I will be happy to write you later. As we look on page 140, now we see that, so God described who would be the conqueror, who would be Cyrus an unusual person to fulfill the work of the Lord for the children of Israel, the, to fulfill the promises, an unusual thing. And so then we see that God is saying, don't worry, I've got this, but it's not about the man, it's about the king of kings. It's about the Lord of lords. And so we must remember God holds the victories. The, the person doesn't do it. God holds the victories. Okay? So... Benny, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to keep your comments to the Bible study right now. I appreciate your comments so much, but as we look at the chat, we're going to go on with our notes, okay? I'm so glad you're here. I see your email, and I will write you afterwards. So we have learned that God is greater than the circumstances around us. God is greater than the circumstances within us. He's greater than what is in the past. We don't have to worry about COVID. We don't have to worry about um, poverty. God is going to help us. But we also need to know who the enemy is. The enemy is the one who would try to steal, kill, and destroy. It is about his victory. And God will use unusual people like Cyrus. But when the word of, the God, of God speaks, we must listen. The false gods will be disgraced because God has his hand on us from our mother's womb. And Babylon would be destroyed because her idols and her occult practices. These things were not able to warn her of her destruction. But God knew Babylon would fall because it was already in motion. Babylon showed no mercy to the Jews who represent the children of God. And God judged them accordingly. So when we look at page 140, we see that the Jewish remnant was delivered from Isaiah chapter 48, verses 1 through 22. Isaiah 48, verses 1 through 22. And you can read that because God speaks to them very clearly. He tells them, you know what? You were rebellious. You argued. You complained. Even when I rescued you, you still complained. And God is saying to us, remember, Line upon line, precept upon precept, promise upon promise, prophecy upon promise, prophecy. The word of God is seamless. It goes from Genesis to Revelation. And God said, look, I want to bless you. If there's only a remnant who know me, 
I will bless you, but you must keep God first. You must recognize God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you must be a part of that remnant that will be set free and delivered. The Jews had become comfortable and complacent in their captivity. Can you imagine? They were in a comfort zone, even in their captivity. And some of them did not want to leave. They had followed the counsel of Jeremiah. They had houses and gardens and families, but they had become so attached to these things that it would not be easy for them to pack up and go to the Holy Land. Nevertheless, the Holy Land was where they belonged mm. and where God had work for them to do. I wanna to say to all of us today, where I am is where God wants me to be. If I'm God's child, and I am living for God. Listen to me carefully, every single one of you. Where you are today is where God wants you to be. Don't wait for tomorrow to think that you're waiting for God's purpose. Your purpose is now. And where you are today, if you're God's ch child, he has purposed for you to be in that place right now. He's working and moving. Every time you speak the name of Jesus, he's working and moving. And he promised that the Jewish remnant would be delivered. Uh, but he also said that they were being hypocritical, using his name to get what they wanted. God doesn't want us to use his name like a drive-up window and say, I want this big menu, this big order. He wants us to be humble before him, to serve him while we can, to be ready in season and out of season. You know, um, I asked you about the seasons and, and where you're watching from today, where you are today, the season that you're in right now, God has a purpose for it. If you're in a lonely season, God wants you to draw close to him. We've all witnessed that in this last year of COVID and isolation and times where we can't be together, even now where I can't give you a big hug and tell you I love you and I'm happy to see your smiling faces. Um, but I want you to know God is faithful. God is faithful to his word. And the book of Isaiah is so good to remind us we can be chosen and blessed and formed in our mother's womb. But if we rebel, like the children of Israel rebelled, or if we come complacent, like the children of Israel were coming complacent, um, this is what the Lord says. So in Isaiah 48, Isaiah 48, verse uh, 16, Isaiah 48 Verse 16 says this, come near me and listen to this. Well, uh, I mean, it's just so good. You need to go back and read Isaiah 48, okay, after we're done today. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret. At the time it happens, I am there, right? Your purpose is now. Wherever you are today is where God wants you to be. He said, from the first announcement, at the time it happens, I am there. I am there when you're sick. I am there when the enemy of doubt comes in like a flood to raise up a standard against it. I am there when anxiety prevails. I am there when the doctor gives a diagnosis of sickness or disease. He says, at the time it happens, I am there. I want you to know God is there with you. This is your season to let the glory of the Lord be revealed. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer he redeems the days. Your Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. And he said to them, if only 
You would have paid attention to my commands. Your peace would be like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea, your descendants like the sand, and their name would never be cut off nor destroyed. And he's reminding them, leave Babylon, flee from the Babylonians, announce this with the shout of joy and proclaim it, the Lord has redeemed his servant. And he concludes Isaiah 48 with verse 22, there is no peace for the wicked but there is peace for those who walk in righteousness that our peace would be like a river. So here is this loving father. He's not a candy store owner passing out all the goodies every time we ask in Jesus' name. He's a loving father saying, I'm giving you more trust because you've been doubting lately. He's saying, I'm giving you more peace because you've had some anxiety. I'm giving you more courage because I know you've been a little bit fearful lately. I'm giving you more strength through the power of my Holy Spirit because I know you've been feeling weak and weary. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need and it will flow like a river in our life when we walk and live for Jesus Christ, when we walk and live for the Redeemer. This book of Isaiah, I'm using my Life Application Study Bible, which is so awesome. The Lord is teaching us. He's directing us. And when we refuse to pay attention or we choose to disobey, if we're not walking with God, we need to be careful because, you know, my grandmother, she would pray with people, but she would also say, you know what? You're part of the answer to the prayer you pray. You're asking me to pray for your marriage. This happened. This is a true story. Somebody asked her to pray for their marriage, and she said, well, tell me what you're doing for the marriage. And the lady started to tell her all the things wrong that her husband was doing. And my grandmother said, I'm going to pray for you, that you will become the servant that God wants you to be in your heart. And as you do that, we will see the love begin to flow from your husband. It was amazing. It was a Holy Spirit moment. But she said, you're part of the answer to the prayer we pray. So your husband is upset because there's no laundry done and you aren't working outside the home and you have time to do the laundry so do the laundry um when we work together when we both work outside the home then we both work together inside the home if one of us works more on one area than another that i'm telling you there's all kind of things to talk about in relationships which reminds me i'm so excited we are going to have a virtual conference for all adults on relationships reunited it's going to be on April 30th and May 1st, and anyone can join this Zoom virtual conference. But this is what the word of the Lord says. There is no peace if we walk in wickedness and unrighteousness. But there is peace when we walk in the ways of God. And he reminds us over and over again. Here it is again on Isaiah 49, verse 1. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he made mention of my name. He made my mouth and in the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He said to me, you are my servant. But I said, I've labored for no purpose and spent my strength in vain. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to bring Jacob back for I'm honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has been my strength. Is anything too small for you? And this is what the Lord says, Isaiah 49. This is the future Redeemer, the Redeemer and the Holy One of Israel. You will see and rise up because the word of the Lord is faithful. The Holy One of Israel has chosen you. Now look at Isaiah 49, 
starting at verse eight. He's talking about being free. In the time of favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. To be, I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land, to reassign the desolate places, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. God wants you to be free. Amen, Mary. Amen, Boriana. Amen, Helen. Shout for joy, O heavens, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people. Here is that be comforted from Isaiah chapter 49, verse uh, 13. Isaiah 49, verse 13. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth, for the Lord comforts his people, and he will have compassion on the afflicted ones. He will have compassion on the afflicted ones. There are those who are afflicted. They're afflicted with sickness. They're afflicted with turmoil. They're afflicted. But it goes on to say, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion, though she may, though she may forget? Maybe that mother did forget. The word of the Lord says, I will not forget because I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. When Jesus went to the cross, your name was written in those nail-pierced hands. Think about that. We're leading up to Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday in just a few weeks where we celebrate the resurrected power of the Lord. But he said, though somebody else may forget you, I will not forget you. I have engraved you on the palm of, this is in the Old Testament, the prophecy of Jesus the Messiah. Lift up your eyes and look around me, for as surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear these things like ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Mm -mm -mm. Though the children were born during bereavement, and they would say, this place is too small. I'm left alone. Here's what the sovereign Lord says. I will lift up my banner to the people. They will bring their sons in their arms and their daughters on their shoulders. And the kings will be the foster fathers and the queens will be the nursing mothers. And you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Isaiah 49 verse 23. Those who hope in me, says the Lord, will not be disappointed. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. God promised us in Isaiah 48 and 49 and 50 that as we surrender to the Lord, as we are that remnant of believers, it is never too late. It's never too late to begin to fulfill your God-given purpose. It's today. It's never too late. And the hope that we have will not be disappointed. There is an eternal hope. He said, for those who are afflicted, I will comfort them. That's why this book is so important. Be comforted, right? Be comforted. That's what we learn in Isaiah. They had grown accustomed to some of these things. And we are here to not get too comfortable because we got to get to heaven. God doesn't want us to be comfortable too comfortable on this earth. We walk in seasons of victory, yes. We walk in seasons of life abundantly, yes. But there is a measure of something that says, I want heaven. 
and I'm going to do whatever it takes while I'm on this earth to get to heaven. I'm going to work while the night is still happening. I'm going to do everything within my power to let people know that Jesus lives, that he has resurrection power, and that he is great. When I know that God is great, when I look at what he did for the children of Israel, I see the thread. I see that he even through the lineage of Adam and Eve, he brought Jesus into this earth. He saved Noah and his family from the flood because they honored God, they obeyed God, and they served God. He rescued Jonah from the whale. Jonah faced a consequence when he disobeyed God. But when he obeyed God and served God, the word of God says in Isaiah, I will rescue you. I will deliver you. Don't be afraid. So I'm going to ask you this. We've got a few minutes. Why should we as Christians not be afraid? Type that in the chat for me. Why should we as Christians not be afraid? Why should we as Christians not be afraid? Why should we as Christians not be afraid? Yes, Barb. God is in control. Take a deep breath. God is in control. Sometimes we just have to do the day, right? Do the day. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I can make a plan for this week. I can make a plan for this month. But God will be with me. God is in control. And God is with me always. I don't have to be afraid because God is with me always. Why don't we have to be afraid? Because he's given me a manual. If I don't know what to do, I just read his word. His word will tell you. When we pray, we pray, we pray, we seek the Lord. Yes, Barb, we surrender. When we surrender to God's plan. You know, it's appointed unto us to live and to die, to laugh and to cry. Um... Our purpose in our life started from the womb. Amen. We can have confidence in that so we don't need to be afraid that God forgot about us. Amen. So I want to leave you with this verse from Isaiah chapter 43. In our book, it kind of goes back and forth. And so next week, we're going to start on chapter 10. And we're going to talk about the light in darkness, liberty to the captives, the servant and the Lord what he says to us about being awake. We're going to try to get all of chapter 10, which starts at Isaiah 49 and goes to Isaiah 52. So that's where we're going to start next week. This is God's servant. Remember the book of Isaiah that we're studying right now is the comforting part about the promise of Jesus that he would come in the New Testament and the promise of the Messiah that Jesus would come again. And this month we're talking about being ready for the trumpet. I can't wait for you to hear Pastor Rick's message on Sunday. I can't wait to preach my message on next Sunday. I've been working on it. We've got some dynamic aspects of the message that are going to happen. I'm ready for God to move in my life no matter where I am. Yes, thank you, Jenny, because he's my creator and he knows my future and he knows our present. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. That's awesome. So I want to close by reading Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. So you can look at Isaiah 43, 1 through 7, because this is a Bible study. 
We're using a book to guide us through the book of Isaiah, but this is a Bible study. So I hope you're encouraged. I need to go read that in Isaiah 43, 44, 47, 48, 49. Yes, Mary, those who hope in the Lord are not disappointed. Here's what it says, verses one through seven of Isaiah chapter 43. And again, the Lord is reminding us he's creator, he formed us. This is a theme in this, in this week's message. By now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, you put your name in there, Mary, Boriana, Jenny, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine, says the Lord. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, doesn't say when you walk around the fire, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord, your God. Now, why is all that possible? For I am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. If you write in your Bible like I do to remind me, underline, circle, highlight your Savior in Isaiah 43.3. I give Egypt for your ransom, cushion Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight because I love you. Somebody type, God loves me. God loves me. God loves you. I love you. We love you, but God loves me. And I can do anything in life knowing God loves me. Even if the people at work are cruel, even if there's people in my family that don't understand me, even if there's people in my friend group that isolate and, uh, you know, social distance from me, God loves me. And he is my strength. Verse 4 of 43, since you are precious and honored in my sight because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. To everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. He goes on to say in verse 12, I've revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. You Yes, and from ancient days, I am he. No one can take that out of my hand. God says, when I act, who can reverse it? Can you imagine? God acts. Nobody can reverse that. Some people have been healed. My father was healed of cancer at least four times in 20 years, maybe five. It didn't reverse the healing when he got a new sickness. It was a new sickness and God sustained him. And every time the doctors gave him little bitty months to live and every time God extended his life. And so I want you to know, nobody can reverse the blessing of God on you. From the moment you were in your mother's womb, he is the creator. He loves you. He knows you by name. His love for you is greater than the sand in the sea. Imagine that. It's a new season. You are in your purpose right now if you are walking in Christ Jesus. So today I want you to be encouraged that you are walking in your purpose. Whatever season this is, however it looks like, it's not about what's around me. It's not about what's behind me. It's not about what's ahead of me. It's not even about the doubt and fear and anxiety and frustration or bitterness that's inside of me. It's about God Almighty 
who exists to, for me to be created, to give him glory and honor and to make heaven my home one day and to bring a whole lot of people with me. I can just imagine that day and I imagine it for you too. So many of you that have spoken into the lives of other people, they're gonna be in heaven, in heaven and they're gonna say, there's Barb, there's Helen, there's Boriana. She told me about Jesus and that's why I'm here. I sure don't wanna be at that judgment seat and I see someone, imagine it. And they say, I can't, I never, I never knew. I never, I worked with that girl every day. She never told me that Jesus loves me. She never told me why she had joy. And God's gonna say, you're going to the lake of fire. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I want you to know God formed you from your mother's womb. And even the Bible, we read it today, even if she forgot you, the Lord says, I will never forget you. I have written your name on the palm of my hand. Proof of the resurrection and the cross, the purpose of Jesus' power. My name was written as those nails pierced his hand. Jennifer is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm going to pursue his purpose even today. So, Father... I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray that they will be encouraged with this message. I pray that they will share the love of God, that they will remember that Isaiah promised that there would be a remnant and that you would defeat our enemies. And Lord, that you would be in control as we serve you. So have a blessed day. I pray blessings upon you. May the spirit of the sovereign Lord descend upon you to break the strongholds and to walk in victory and to be ready for the trumpet. I can't wait to see you on Sunday, online or on campus. Don't forget to register. There's a lot of fun things coming up. So check the website. Even if you're part of our online family, you can join our classes. They're in the evening. So if you're watching in the morning, you can be a part of those classes. We've got some virtual conferences coming up, which will be in the evening. So you can be a part of the virtual conference. Um, we need to reunite as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to reunite as citizens. Um, because we are not the enemy of each other. The enemy of our soul is the one who's the enemy. And I won't let anything cause me to walk in something other than the character of Christ. And I pray that for you today. God bless. Have a wonderful day. And Barb and Helen, have a great birthday month. Love you.